Money Roots is made possible by the support of our sponsor, Rooted Planning Group. Are you ready to take control of your financial future? Look no further than Rooted Planning Group, your trusted partner in financial well-being. At www.rootedpg.com, you'll discover a wealth of resources and expertise to help you thrive financially. Rooted Planning Group specializes in personalized financial planning, investment management, and retirement strategies. They understand that every financial journey is unique, and they're here to guide you every step of the way. With a team of experienced advisors, Rooted Planning Group is committed to helping you cultivate a secure and prosperous future. Visit www.rootedpg.com today to learn more about how Rooted Planning Group can help you grow your money roots. Today's episode of Wine and Dime is sponsored by Rooted Planning Group, a fee-only financial planning firm that believes life is about events, supported by your dollars and cents. And we want to help you achieve your goals. Hop on over to www.rootedpg.com to learn more about the services. Hi, Wine and Dime listeners. And again, we're featuring Hanson Vineyards this month as part of our focus on the Oregon wineries that we explored when Brett and I were out there in July. We, um, as I mentioned to you, loved the Hanson Vineyards, that small feel to to the vineyard with quality, quality taste. Here's something that shocked me about Oregon. I always knew that Pinot Noir was what comes out of there, but what I found was that they also are doing a great job with other wines out there. When we were out there, we tasted several of the different wines that Jason featured in in the list of wines that he was, I guess, sponsoring, if you want to call it for lack of other word, uh, in the tasting. We did a Riesling, we did a red light summer chill, and I think it's called Tres Sosator. I'm really bad with names, but they also did a Creek Rocks Cuvée, really good, and then a Council of Pigeons, which was actually a blend of Pinot Noir and uh, Eastern European uh, kind of viaticals. And um, if you like something that's lighter and you want to, you like reds and you want to serve something that's a little bit lighter, that's chilled, try the Tres Sotrar, if I'm saying it correctly. It's spelled T-R-E-S-O-S-T-R-E. It's a 2021 version. We really liked it. It was almost bubbly, but not bubbly. I know that sounds crazy, right? But we really, um, it was a hot day when we were there, probably 90 degrees. It was just, it was really refreshing. It wasn't sweet, it was dry. It was just refreshing and light and slightly chilled. So if you're looking for something that is uh, end of summer enjoyment, maybe uh, check that out and see if it's something that you might enjoy. We plan on getting some shipped to us. Um, I wish that we could have brought more back with us because unfortunately being liquids, we couldn't do a carry-on and I didn't trust like, you know, checking that as a, a bag kind of type thing. So if you are ordering, unfortunately there's shipping involved, but the, the story of this winery and this family is just so unique. I encourage you to go out on their website and just read a little bit about them. And even better yet, I would encourage you to go explore Oregon in the Willamette Valley and hit up the Hanson Vineyard. (laughs) 
because it is work. Brett and I are still talking about it. We're still loving it. We're still enjoying it. And we did join, just for full disclosure, the Hanson Vineyard Club because we just can't wait to get some of their wines for the fall and share it with our friends and take some, of course, to Florida with us. Every week, it's my goal to share financial information that helps you in both your life and financial vineyard. We hope it takes you from your roots to the journey of your vines and the influences in the air that have helped craft your delicious life. Like wine, life and finances have different palettes that should be celebrated and not judged. Hi, podcast listeners, and welcome back to Wine and Dime. In this section, we are going to be talking about fun things like life insurance. Oh boy, lots of fun information here in today's podcast. Joining me is Anne Arceo, one of our financial planners at Rooted Planning Group. And Anne, welcome back to the show, number one. Number two, isn't this a fun topic, talking about life insurance? (laughs) (laughs) I think one of the more confusing things about life insurance, Anne, is we hear a lot in the news about different kinds of life insurance. Maybe taking a step back and explaining what are the different kinds of life insurance might be helpful. Yeah. So there's, I mean, there's a lot of different products out there. I think, you know, a few of the the main big ones that you'll that you hear about or that you encounter if you want, if you go and get a life insurance quote is term life insurance. That's probably the most basic type of coverage where you're covered for a certain amount for a certain number of years. Um, there's whole life insurance that's going to cover you for your whole life. Um, that's you know that's going to be a more expensive option. Um, there's universal life insurance, which gives you it's you know similar in some ways to the whole life. It's gonna it's gonna last long term. But there's more flexibility in in your coverage and what you can do with it. Um, so those are three big main mm-hmm. types of life insurance. Um, Within that whole life insurance arena, there's things called variable universal life insurance and universal life insurance. We're, we're not going to cover that stuff today, but understand that that's a form of whole life insurance. So, because we could spend a whole show talking about just those products, um, but understand that that's what they are is a type of a whole life insurance. Just like when we talk about term life insurance, there's things called convertible term life insurance. Understand we're talking very high level when we're talking about this stuff today. And there's, there's multiple layers that we could dig down into any of these. So if you have life insurance products right now there might be and then there's group that i so so there's lots of different stuff out there that um we're talking very basic levels at this stage of the game today and and we can dig much deeper on any of those one given topics that that i just mentioned so thinking about those types of life insurance the next question generally goes to how much life insurance and maybe even which kind should i have So is there any good tools? I mean, we have a great tool that we use when we're doing financial planning for clients that kind of helps come up with a general amount that people should have for life insurance. But are you aware of any tools out there or um, places that people could go to run some basic math on how much life insurance they should cover? 
Yeah, and I was just trying to pull up that um, that website. Nerd Wallet has a great free life insurance calculator. Maybe we can include that link. Yeah, in the, um, in the show notes. Yeah, we could do that for sure. So when you go into that calculator, it's going to ask you a bunch of questions about like your income and savings and um, you know whether or not you want to pay off your mortgage, if you have separate coverage on that. Side note, a lot of people do not know that when you take out a mortgage or during certain options, you can put life and disability insurance on your mortgage. Not every company permits that and they don't always offer it, but it is available. So if you are, you know, if you have a mortgage, you might want to reach out to your lender and ask if that's an option because it's a declining premium, right? It's a declining coverage. So as your mortgage goes down, the amount of insurance goes down, which means the premium goes down. That allows you to use your other life insurance for things like education expenses, living expenses, retirement, that sort of stuff. So didn't mean to like to caveat that, but just wanted to mention that that's sometimes available. It's good to run the numbers. And if you have any kind of health condition that would prevent you from getting life insurance otherwise, it is a great option. Yeah, so, I was going to say it's a great option for older, sometimes with older clients that are, you know, purchasing a home that the other type, other types of life insurance may not make sense or may not qualify for. Um, it's a great way to know that at least if something happened um, with your spouse or with you that that mortgage could be covered. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that you want to be careful of with regards to that is some lenders do not tell you that the coverage goes away at age 70. So again, ask those questions. Like if you do take out coverage for life and disability insurance, is there a period, is there a maximum age that you can carry that? coverage on. I'm just, I've seen people pay for, you know, two, three years beyond a certain age and then find out that it actually wasn't even, you know, wasn't, they weren't eligible for it. Should they, should something have happened to them? Mm -hmm. Um, So determining how much life insurance, I think, again, that's, that's a whole process in and of itself. If we think about it logistically, what are some of the things that we should be thinking about when we're doing that calculation? Well, I think it's, income replacement, you know, how much are you earning? Are you the breadwinner as your spouse or your partner, the breadwinner? Um, You know, would you want to be able to take some time off work? Would you want to, you know, pay off the mortgage? Would you want college to be covered? Um, So I think some of it is just understanding the goals and then running the math using those calculators to figure that out. Mm-hmm. And what kind of policy should one consider when they're running those? I mean, so let's say we walk through and we determine how much coverage we need. Now, how do I know based on what you said earlier that there's these different kind of policies, which one should I pick? Yeah. I mean, I think this is different for everyone, depending on your situation. I think the most basic policy, the term life policy makes sense for a lot of the younger clients that we work with that are, um, they're going to need coverage during those years that they're raising children, they're saving for college, they're saving for retirement, they're paying off a mortgage. Um, it would be very disruptive if, you know, a partner passed away and suddenly the, you know, there was one person left to cover all the costs or, 
you know, if something happened to both of you and um, someone was going to have to step in and care for your children. Um, so during those crucial years of, of raising the children and building your retirement savings, you know, a lot of clients will benefit just from having a term life policy that, you know, it's a 30 year policy or depending on your age or needs, a 20 year policy. So there's different term lengths that you can select, um, you know, and that may just depend on your age or children's age. Um, but typically you'll need it during those years that you're building the college savings, you're paying the mortgage. And then as you've built up retirement savings, the kids are graduated, they're living their life. Um, you're getting closer to retirement. That, those life insurance needs start to go down. So, you know, there are certainly cases where people I've worked with clients that had a disabled child that was going to need care their entire life. So they needed a whole life policy that, you know, no matter when they passed away, there was going to be something for that child, you know, to provide for their care long term. Um, there's also sometimes estate planning reasons why clients have whole life insurance. And, and, you know, it just starts to get a little bit more complicated when you get into those other products. But, you know, for a lot of younger clients raising children, um, that term life is a really affordable, effective way to get coverage and protect your family. Yeah. And I think you made the comment, and I was about to interrupt you, and I'm glad I didn't, but um, you made the comment about sometimes as you're aging, the need for life insurance goes down. But in some respects, it, if you're thinking about like, if you have a hybrid policy that actually does like life insurance and long-term care, then the policy, then actually the needs go up, but it's a different kind of need. You're not so when you're thinking about that, those younger years, it is truly income and goals replacement, right? It is. It's thinking about okay, if something happens to my significant other or to me, my family is taken care of. As we get older, now it's not my kids or my family. You know, it's not the family in that way. It's it's not college. It's if something happens to me and guess what? What if I need long-term care? Now I'm draining my assets in a different way and my my family or my spouse could you know suffer because my retirement income could be affected or our assets could be affected. So in that case, those the whole life policies that have these riders on them may be of benefit to them. So like you said, it really does depend on what what's going on in your life and, um, and, and what your needs are as a family. <laughs> so it's, it's, this is not, I guess in, in talking to you about this, you know, one thing that I think that people often do is with life insurance, it's a forget it. It's a set it and forget it often. And in reality, it shouldn't be that. This is something that should be reviewed on a frequent basis, right? Definitely. And anytime you have a major life event, I mean, when, um, you know, when you get married, when you have children, um, you know, any major life event, you need to review that coverage and see if that still makes sense. Mm -hmm. Any tips, mistakes, common mistakes that you see when it comes to life insurance? I think, yeah, I certainly think... Over the years working in this industry, we've seen um, some mistakes that clients have made. And, and and to be perfectly honest, I felt like a mistake my husband and I made when we first wanted to get coverage and first got married was just not, not shopping around and not getting quotes. So we went to um, the, the same agent that covered our car insurance. We got a quote. We were like, great, let's put it in place. Come to find out it was much higher than we could have been paying, you know, had we shopped around a little bit. 
Um, so I think, you know, shopping around, getting different quotes is important. Um, another mistake I've seen is, is not checking your beneficiaries. And Amy and I have talked about this. We've certainly seen, you know, ex-spouses being listed as a beneficiary on a policy, which can cause a lot of problems. Um, so, you know, making sure that you review that from time to time. Um, you know, getting the wrong type of coverage. We've seen clients very underinsured and very overinsured. Um, so they either don't have enough coverage or they've, you know, they met with an agent and the agent, you know, made this sound like a really great deal. And they're just paying, t- they're paying so much that it's impacting their ability to save for other goals. So we've seen that. Um, so I think it, you know, it's definitely understanding your needs, getting the right product, keeping an eye on the beneficiaries and making sure you you review it anytime there's a major life change. Yeah, I think um, you brought up that we've seen ex-spouses more than once because people have forgotten. The key area, I don't know about you, but the key area I see that in is when it's group benefits through an employer. Mm-hmm. They forget to make that change uh, on the group benefits or they just forget to make the change in general when there's, it could be loss of a spouse to divorce. It could be death, you know, anything like that, but it's definitely an area that we often see that they, they do the, the other things like the retirement benefits and, you know, all, all the other kind of items that need change of beneficiary, but it's because people kind of set it and forget it with life insurance. They forget to change the beneficiary on that. And that's a, that that's could be a, a big deal point. to your family. And also in bringing up the group coverage, another thing that I see people do is assuming that they have a policy through work, so they're covered. But, you know, depending just on that can be a bit risky, too, if you ever, you know, change your job or lost your job and something happened in the middle of a job change. You know, you want to either see if that policy can be taken with you or make sure you have some coverage outside of work. Um, So, I mean, don't you know, and really understanding what's offered through your employer. Um, You know, it's common to see a one times your salary or two times your salary, but that may not be enough coverage and you may need supplemental or a policy outside Mm -hmm. of that. Yeah. Just kind of reiterating, you know, making sure that life insurance policy does keep up with your salary increases or your family need increases. When you you know, if you if you and your husband initially took out life insurance, let's say when Isabella was or maybe even before Isabella was born, you didn't have kids. Maybe you didn't even have a large mortgage. And all of a sudden now you have two kids, got a mortgage, got like, you know, you've got other things. It's making sure that the amount of life insurance is also reiterated Mm -hmm. (laughs) and reviewed, um, you know, so that you make sure that you have enough (laughs) over time. Lifestyle creep comes into play a little bit on some of that stuff too. So it's, it's, that's also important to kind of keep, keep an eye on that. Mm -hmm. Um, Other ideas we should probably share on this topic that you can think of if people are thinking about life insurance and, you know, the the wonderful idea of it and um, even just the review of it. I know we have a checklist that I can provide that's, you know, what issues you, you should consider when purchasing life insurance um, but I don't know if there's any hot tips that you would give to people um, with regards to selecting the right carrier, even doing some homework on them. 
Yeah, I mean, insurance companies have ratings, so you can certainly look at that. Um, And then you can certainly go with like an insurance broker where they can pull quotes from multiple companies and they can show you, well, this is the rating of this company and this is where, you know, the premium is coming into play. And um, so I, yeah, definitely do your homework and just because it's the cheapest option, you want to look at the the health and the rating of the insurance company because you want to make sure that they're there to pay out, you know, that they are in a good position to pay out any claims if it's ever needed. Um, so that is important. Yeah, it's it's uh, Becky and I earlier this month talked about the ratings of auto insurances. And it's also good to look at the ratings for these life insurance companies too, because you don't want to have to pay into this and then have them not respond to you if you should need it or, um, uh, you know, have them be a poorly rated company, I guess is what I'm getting at. So do your homework on that. Cheap is the cheapest isn't always the best. Mm-hmm. Just always keep that into my, in your mind that sometimes um, they might be the lowest rated, uh, but they're not the best. So just just sort of keep that in mind. And I do like what you said about, you know, working, maybe working with somebody on this to get multiple quotes so that it's not just one company that you're getting them from. It's multiple companies that you're getting them from. Yes. And make sure when you do or if you do decide to work with someone that you feel really comfortable and you understand the product that you're purchasing. Don't you know, if it's like when you buy a car and they're selling you something, I mean, it, it's not, you, you just want to make sure that you are getting something that you're comfortable with. You understand it. It makes sense to you. If it doesn't keep asking questions, you can work with, you know, an hourly financial advisor that, you know, isn't going to earn a commission off of it and, and help explain what you need, um, you know, get an unbiased opinion on it, but don't just purchase something because I've seen that as well that, you know, they kind of talk you into it and okay, I think this probably I do need this, but they don't really understand the features and what they're getting into. Mm-hmm. Well, I think this has been a fun fact filled topic. Um, I'm sure we could probably talk for hours more about it, but I, I'd love to kind of end it here unless, Anne, you have anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners, just so they have some time to digest everything that we threw at them in this 15-minute conversation. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think, you know, we covered a lot of good stuff. Um, we're certainly here to, to help if you guys ever, you know, if anyone ever has questions and wants to review this, um, I think, you know, we talked a lot about young families, but, you know, I've also worked with um, single clients who, you know, they had a partner, the, the partner and, and her, they split the rent. And so it was like, well, what if something happens to my partner, even though we're not married and they wanted some coverage? So, um, you know, life insurance needs can change over time. And, and even if, you know, it's not just for young families, there, there may be other needs there that you, you know, you might need a policy. Well, I appreciate you, you mentioning that, Anne, because I do think it's important. And I often think that people don't think of their financial advisor. It's, it seems odd, but I think people don't think about their financial advisor as somebody to coach them on the life insurance side. They think of us as investment people, right? But in reality, this is a big piece. Uh, the insurance side is a big piece of what we do as financial advisors because 
if we don't protect those assets that you've accumulated, then that that doesn't that's not incorporating the planning side of things. Mm-hmm. So we really appreciate you guys hanging in there with us, listening through us jam about life insurance. Hopefully it's giving you some ideas. Check out the show notes for both the document that I mentioned and the link that Ann mentioned with regards to um, kind of calculating the insurance that you need. Feel free to share this with friends, like us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And make sure to go out and rank us on the podcast site that you're listening to us from, whether that's Apple or SoundCloud, because the more that people rate us, the more that people can find us. We hope you've enjoyed the show and we look forward to hearing from you in the future. Thanks all. And that will about do it for today's episode of Wine and Dine. You can contact Amy through the website, www.rootedpg.com or amy at rootedpg.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at rootedpg for the latest news. And if you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to hear about, feel free to let us know. Don't forget to rate and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next time.